Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen. Janine, why, well, why, well, why, 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 well, why, 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 <laughs> you have to do weird things to me and make me feel certain ways about certain people that just confuse me because, Janine, we are in the midst of our Will Ferrell series on Morgan Hasn't Seen. I, of course, think of Will Ferrell as a feral man, being that, you know, he's some sort of rabid animal that just runs around the forest, causing chaos for everyone, <laughs> because that's just what he comes across as, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, he's a bit of a buffoon. but <laughs> A buffoon is a fantastic word to describe you, you do not sanction his buffoonery. In no. a very Tommy Lee Jones. Fashion. No, Un- unsanctioned buffoonery, if you were to ask me. However, on the series so far, we've had two animated movies to start us off, Mega Mind and the Lego Movie, that I very much enjoyed. Last week, we had The Other Guys, which I was pleasantly surprised by the fact I didn't hate looking at his face for an hour and a half, and Janine, you've made me look at his face for an hour and a half more this week. (laughs) Where he's not even remotely comedic. He's not in any way shouting or running around like an idiot or crying or screaming or doing any of the normal feral things that people for some reason love him for doing. He is in fact playing in a ridiculously quiet little indie movie which I just can't understand how such a quite lovely little quiet indie movie comes out of such a large loud horrendous gentleman (laughs) it it just makes no sense to me and I'm confused yes you seem very confused and discombobulated So there's the opening of this week's show, Morgan's Confused. I don't know what you make of this, Janine. Why did you choose this particular movie? What is this movie to start us off? We're talking uh, Everything Must Go. Um, Because I knew I was going to throw one kind of insane Will Ferrell movie where he is feral in all his glory. So, and we're ending with a movie where he's kind of in between a stepbrother's feral and an everything must go feral. Okay. So I I wanted to to at least show you one side of him where he was not going to be incredibly grating to you. Um so yeah, I've only seen this movie once, so it's not one of those Morgan hasn't seen movies where it's something I know very well and I can, you know, and I'm picking it because it's a favorite of mine that I want to share with you situation. It's more of a situation of I want to show you that there is more to this person than what you see on the surface and well, I is, want to yes. kind of confuse you and subvert your expectations a little bit. So I thought it would be interesting to throw this one in here instead of picking an Anchorman or a Talladega Nights or an old school and just bombard you with ridiculousness. Well, no, because however, I, 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 I want to open up your, point. expand your mind a little bit um, to this one actor that you vehemently dislike. <laughs> so usually I would say I love watching actors, you know, in roles that is playing out of their type. You know, we, we've spoken about it on the main show pretty recently. I think, you know, when we were talking about Gaslight, we were talking about Ingrid Bergman and how she's often playing quite uh, quite resolute kind of people, quite strong-willed kind of people, and she was just anything but in that movie. That won her an Oscar. We've spoken about it loads of times in the past, and people very competently playing out of type. Uh, and it's just confusing for me, because why why, why are, you, are you just making me half-respect Will Ferrell? 
Why? <laughs> well, because my, he's my, about to lose all. You're about to lose all respect for him next week. So I uh-huh, wanted to just give you a moment of of knowing that it was there at some point. <laughs> just the shred of knowledge that it does exist. He can actually do real acting work. Yes. Oh dear God! No, the shouting of what he was capable of before you crawl into Step Brothers. Before so, I drag you into Step Brothers. Basically, what you're telling me is that next week's episode, when we are talking about Step Brothers, is in fact going to be my. It's going to be a movie I don't like, but it's going to be a movie I really like that I don't like, isn't it? I you think know, so. It's going and, to be like. I think now yes. that you're going to have the open. <laughs> yes, my opinion is totally to validated. Movie. My opinion on Step Brothers has been totally validated now that I have actually watched it. Is exactly what you're and trying to tell me. Everyone can leave me alone. Yes, this this sounds. But I'm like also hoping in the back favorite. of your mind. <laughs> also, I'm hoping in the back of your mind you will feel like, you know, I know this man can do more than this. There is some substance to what he's doing. So maybe the ridiculous things that he's doing in this movie is an acting choice that I can now have a little bit of respect for. <laughs> Well, maybe, we are... maybe we'll get there, perhaps. So I'm very excited to see how next week goes. But for now, you're getting a nuanced, fairly straight man, normal, you know, run of the mill, not shouty and crazy, not uh, buffoonery-ish Will Ferrell. Well, just just a dramatic Will Ferrell is unusual in itself. But the fact that this movie is kind of so small scale, so interested in in nothing but its protagonist, really, and how the handful of other characters in the movie are there to help him. And the entire movie revolves around him. This isn't even like a big picture message indie kind of movie. No, it's just kind of focusing on this contained story with this one guy and what he's going through. And it's not even like a big kind of, yeah, like message movie at the end of, you know, if you do this, this is where you'll, you'll end up and everything's kind of tied up nicely. It's kind of left very open and, you know, as you kind of like, okay, this is how he got here and this is where he's at right now and who knows what's to come for him. And that's kind of, you know, it's it's very very heartfelt. It's very contained. Yeah. It's very heartfelt. And I, I, I'm going to be confused for however long this episode goes on for, simply because I just didn't realize that he had this in him. You know, I, I, I didn't know this was actually possible. I, I understood that his character in The Other Guys was possible where he wasn't necessarily you know he was still comedic but he wasn't the shtick comedic you know he was still doing playing comedy for the most part but him taking this total turn and i should have really realized it and yes it is morgan's unnecessary bias against will ferrell because many comedic actors in the past have done dramatic roles phenomenally well. I just might happen to like those comedic actors. So I, I applaud them. I give them the credit. I go, yes, well done, Steve Carell, for turning in, you know, really good dramatic performances. Well done, yeah. Robin Williams, for turning in really good dramatic performances, etc., etc. Whereas Adam I'm going... Uh, even 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 sandler <laughs> to a degree i go fair <laughs> enough sandler for turning in reasonable dramatic performances but here i'm not saying fair enough well done will ferrell i'm saying i'm just confused this doesn't make sense to me i don't know what's going on i'm being stubborn Janine. yes you are but i'm trying to overcome that stubbornness, where by the end of this episode, I might just be saying, fair play, Will Ferrell, for turning in 
a competent dramatic performance. I'm not saying that yet, Janine. I'm just promising that I might at the end of the episode. Who's to say whether that will happen or not? I don't know. But I do know that we do have to do one thing before we get into the meat of today's episode, don't we? What is that? Of course, we have to say a huge thank you to the It's a Wonderful Podcast patrons. Of course, these wonderful people that support us on our Patreon at It's a Wonderful One on Patreon.com. Um, so yeah, every week on one of our shows, we give them a little shout out expressing our thanks to them for all of their support. We certainly do. Janine, if someone would like to become a patron, what have we got for them? Oh, well, we have tons of things. We um, send you monthly artwork from me. We do fun little videos, live streams. You can vote in polls to help pick series like this wonderful Will Ferrell series. And of course, yes. you get the shout outs. So all kinds of fun things. Check it out. It's a wonderful one on Patreon and find the tier that's right for you. There we go. Janine, would you like to start us off? Of course. A huge thank you to Adam Witt. Thank you to Michael Smith. Thank you, Maxwell Haddad. Thank you to Amber Coates. Thank you, Abby Friel. Thank you to Faraz Muthana. Thank you to 90s Comics Box, a.k.a. my big brother, Justin. Thank you, Video Drew. Thank you, Adelaide. Thank you, Christina Farrell. Thank you, Marcus Burton. Thank you to Movie Fanobi Steve. Thank you, Samir Tesfai. Thank you, Patrick Harden. Thank you, John Mariano. Thank you to Carla Feese. Thank you, Delisha Butler. Thank you, Gigi. Thank you to the great Ken Knapsack. Thank you to Tom and Kimber of the Odd Shape Channel. And thank you to Billy Polahan. Well, yes, there we go. Lovely patrons. Janine, what do you think about Everything Must Go then? Because I feel like people kind of already know where I'm going to be coming from. <laughs> um, I like the simplicity of this movie. I like kind of following him. And I like that you mentioned, like, there's not really kind of a big message behind it. Um, it's just seeing kind of this flawed person. Um but a flawed person that you can kind of empathize with a little bit and just kind of see how things are going to work out for them. You know, they seem like they're kind of at rock bottom and, you know, to get an insight on that is, is kind of scary to see someone kind yeah. of at their lowest point and you kind of just wonder how they're going to even just, you know, tread water in that type of situation. Uh, so that's kind of always the curiosity of stories like this. Like, how are they going to overcome the situation? Um, so I liked kind of getting an insight into that. Um, and I really enjoyed this movie as somebody who like doesn't know it well, which is, like I said, typically kind of how things work on this show. Um, so it was fairly new to me. I had only seen it one time before um, suggesting it for the show. So, yeah, I really liked the story. I liked how contained and focused it was on him and kind of everyone else is just kind of um, little points into his journey of where he's kind of going to end up. Um, so yeah, I liked it for kind of the minimalism of it. It's such a kind of stripped back journey of the character anyway, isn't it? Because it kind of opens, obviously Will Ferrell is, well, I, I know you usually like to kind of give our synopses, as it were, of the uh, movies. But I'm going to try and do it right now. No, don't, don't so we'll, we'll see how this goes. Will Ferrell is an alcoholic. That makes sense to me. That seems to be, you know, fairly reasonable in most of his movies. He's drinking a lot. Isn't that what basically the whole plot of old school is? He just drinks. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> So that makes He's sense to me, yeah, but stop being not serious about it, Morgan, please, because this is a serious movie and should be treated <laughs> as such. Why am I being an idiot? I don't know. Yes, Will Ferrell gets fired from his job, his very important job, by the sounds of it, for 
going on a bit of an alcoholic, unpleasant spree on a business trip, so it seems. My favourite part of the entire movie was seeing Glenn Howerton, Dennis from Always Sunny, in this <laughs> yes. really corporate kind of role. <laughs> this tiny little role that I just love seeing him in. He's got, he's, he's got his hair kind of plastered down to his head. He looks so weird. <laughs> Why they cast Glenn Howerton? Maybe this is just the movie to cast people opposite to their usual yes to just defy defy all expectations i don't know that doesn't matter anyway that was just a nice little thing that i actually found from this movie that probably made me want to carry on watching this movie having had to look at will ferrell's face for 10 minutes at the beginning (laughs) just seeing that scene was just like okay i'll sit through another five minutes just for you glenn howerton and now I'm just in the movie, so I'm going to have to watch the rest of it. Okay. That's how it went. And basically, the entire movie is Will Ferrell trying to come to terms with his own issues. Trying to come to terms with the fact that his marriage has broken trying to come to terms with the fact that he has nothing left. He has to kind of start afresh. That's the idea behind everything must go. It's basically an hour and a half of a yard sale. Essentially. (laughs) Where Will Ferrell's just trying to get... he's, he's, He's trying to cleanse himself. He's trying to, like I said, start afresh, begin again. but and, at, but at first he's having trouble giving selling things and letting of course things he go. Is. That's but that's the journey of the movie. That's the purpose mm-hmm. of the movie. That's the kind of point the movie is trying to make is refreshing yourself. If the movie's got a point, refreshing yourself and starting life again is a very rewarding thing. There's the message yeah. of the movie, um, especially when you are in a particularly tough situation as Will Ferrell is dealing with alcohol addiction, which is not a, a laughing matter, obviously, and should be treated with more respect than I'm giving it at the beginning of this episode, <laughs> just because it's Will Ferrell. So blame Will Ferrell for my disrespect. <laughs> no, blame me, honestly. But it was just... I suppose that's another reason it was quite unusual to me because that is a really kind of heavy topic that you just don't expect someone like Will Ferrell to deal with performance-wise as well as he actually does in this movie. It's just strange to me. And yes, I, I, I appreciated that. I kind of... Like it was something I I liked to see, because look, as much as I might joke about it, as much as I may play it up, and because it's for the most part true, I don't really like the guy as an actor. Nothing against him as a person. I'm sure he's lovely, you know. But I I don't get the. I have never got got Will Ferrell as a as a comedic actor. And why so many people seem to love him, but so many people seem to love him because that is their opinion, and, and yeah. you know he must mean something to someone. So I can't be someone to say you're wrong because that's just thinking you're more important than everybody else, and that's just a silly way of thinking, isn't it, Janine? Yes, everybody's <laughs> opinions are valid, except if you're evil. I don't I don't condone evil <laughs> opinions, Jane. Okay, okay. But I, I've forgotten where I'm going now. I'm just I'm, I'm having a train of thought kind of episode this week. <laughs> and I feel like it's gonna be better for mm. it. I appreciate but, those. Yeah, ultimately I just think it has shown me what I think you hoped it would show me. In that 
Will Ferrell can, acting-wise, deal with pretty serious dramatic content as well as the usual stupidness we're used to seeing from him. Yes. Which is... Which, which, which does gain respect, it has to be said. Yes, I, I think that is what I was trying to, to get you to see. So um, I, I'm appreciative that you were kind of recognizing those things. Um, but yeah, like, I like this character he's playing. He's still trying to be kind of optimistic at the start of it. He's kind of, yeah. you know, as somebody as an addict he is an alcoholic in this movie he is kind of going through these weird stages of you know um kind of denial and trying to be positive and then ultimately acceptance and then kind of giving into like the worst parts of himself only to kind of rebound by the end um you know it was really hard that kind of scene where he realized kind of he's out of alcohol and so he tries yeah. to buy some more beer and he can't and he's begging people just to give him one beer he's begging the clerk to just give him one beer on credit please and you know he goes to his little mini fridge on his lawn because his wife has kicked him out he's living on his lawn um and he's out of beer and he just starts trashing things and he's you see we see him kind of shaking going through a bit of withdrawal um, definitely not something I would have ever expected from a Will Ferrell performance. So I appreciated kind of the realness of of kind of depicting that and him portraying that. I suppose as well, it's kind of a really good movie to actually show the, I suppose, very real problem of alcohol addiction. Because, yeah. you know, to put it on someone who you wouldn't expect it to be on acting-wise, you know, Will Ferrell, it might be, yeah. you know, it might have that surprise shock value almost to, you know, make people watching the movie, you know, maybe realise some of these symptoms in some people they may know or even themselves. Yeah. So, you know, it might have that to have such a surprising a surprising actor. Sorry, a surprising actor. Perhaps it's just really great casting. And I know we're banging on about the damn casting. <laughs> but I think it's such a key element to the movie, yeah. really. I think it's it's made it's made or broken with the fact that Will Ferrell is the lead and yeah. i th i just think that him being cast as that is more than simply a showcase of oh will you're a good dramatic actor as well it's also wait if will ferrell can be an alcohol addict so can this guy next to me so can my neighbor across the street because i wouldn't expect it of them either yeah. You know what I'm you know what I'm kind mm -hmm. of getting at? Yes. And I also like that they kind of tell you that before you kind of see it. So then when you see it, um it kind of means more like at the beginning, you know, we see him fully functioning, you know, he's talking about sales and like what it means to be a good salesman and kind of talking about, you know, he seems very kind of eloquent and good at his job and and you know, that his job is important to him. So that's kind of what they set up with his kind of monologue of him talking about, you know, when you're a salesperson, you got to listen to what your customer wants, listen to what they don't want. You know, so you feel like he cares about his job. He cares about doing a good job. So that's kind of what they leave you with. And then you get into his firing where, you know, he's talking about how how much he's brought into the companies given 16 years, he's done all this and that, he's brought in big clients and all of these things. Um only to have his boss kind of list off all of his grievances that all are kind of alcohol related, crashing vehicles and DUIs and, and belligerent behavior and being drunk and, and paid rehab that they, the company has had to pay for and all of these things. And then you're kind of in this moment of what, like this guy seemed so, you know, successful and into his job. And so when you see kind of that moment and you know, he's walking in there and he already kind of knows immediately that he's getting fired because the first words out of his mouth is like, I've given this to the company. You can't do this. Like before 
anything has even been said, he already kind of knows what's going to happen. And we're also kind of with him wondering, how could they do this? You know, we hear him giving this monologue about how much he cares about his job and how much he invests into it and how, he, how you know, he knows the, the, the steps to being good at his job. So we're also kind of wondering that too. And then when you hear this list of all his alcohol related kind of grievances and you're kind of taken aback um, by who this person really is. Um, so I like that they, again, kind of subvert our expectations, not of just Will Ferrell kind of being this character, but of the character himself that, you know, they've set him up to be, you know, someone we see as successful right off the bat, only to immediately kind of subvert that with some deeper things going on. And then we kind of are curious to see like how that's going to play out down the line. Um, so yeah, I liked how they set it up just to kind of, you know, knock down any expectation we had of him. Um and leading into everything else that kind of happens. But, I mean, here's another thing to kind of get us on his side for the movie, is that the movie basically gives, well, I suppose the movie gives him three friends, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, who are the most wholesome trio on the face of the earth. A bullied child, yeah. a pregnant woman, and Laura Dern. <laughs> Three of the most wholesome things on the planet. Yes. Just to ramp up the sympathy we have to have. Exactly. I mean, is it genius writing or is it just painfully on the nose? Who's to say? But it kind of does work. I really like the little kid. He's fun. Yeah. He, and he, that helps him kind he's of open a liar. himself up. Yeah, He thinks he should play baseball and then he just lies because he's actually terrible at baseball and doesn't want to play baseball because people make fun of him. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. But they have a yeah, friendship. I, yeah. And I like the bonding kind of gives him a little bit of purpose in something. Yeah. You know, he has someone who's maybe looking up to him a little bit. So it's kind of restricting him from maybe doing some of the the negative behaviors that are causing him problems. But, you know, I think it's always best to better yourself for yourself. But yes. if, if you, if you have a reason outside of yourself to do it, that will then in turn kind of turn into a reason for yourself, which I feel like kind of happens. Then yeah, I think that's it, a good thing. It's kind of, e I suppose it's kind of easier for a lot of people, certainly who are going through very tough addiction situations like this is that it's easier to perhaps at the beginning perhaps entirely view them recovering as something they're doing for others yeah because it does help them but even if they're more comfortable in thinking that it's actually helping all these other people you know yeah. we, you know maybe that can be Maybe that's just as, well, it results in the same thing, I suppose, doesn't it? I suppose yeah. that's a real world kind of thing. And I mean, it's, I actually really, I, I really like that it deals with, with alcohol addiction because it, I suppose it's not something, unfortunately, that gets thought about serious enough. You know, it's not like hard drug addiction, where if it's in a movie, it's like, oh, God, it's the worst thing ever. You know, this person is literally dead on the floor. Oh, no. Hard drugs. Say no kids and all this business, right? Yeah. But, like, you feel like alcohol addiction is sometimes, or even drunkenness, is played very casually played very and i suppose thought of in in real life as drunkenness oh you just get drunk it's fun yeah everybody gets like drunk, it's yes. not fun for some people it only happens nobody thinks when i'm drinking you know yes. i'm fully functioning when i'm not you know this is this and because it, this movie shows that drunkenness can also be bad and i'm not saying it's against alcohol or anything like that and people drink alcohol all the time and i've you know and just uh, get a little bit silly and they, these are the kind of people that are nice people you know and good people but well it, it doesn't matter if you're nice and good i suppose certain 
substances can take over yourself no matter who you are that isn't really relevant i don't even know why i've brought that up but the point is is that drunkenness is casually viewed whereas like heroin just is never casually viewed no <laughs> ever you know it's just like it's always oh, God, like this extreme scary are... thing yeah but ultimately it's being treated in the same way withdrawal symptoms you can be functioning on on masses of drugs can't you you can you know look at some some sports people even have been so ramped up on cocaine and things like that it's made them phenomenal sports people but they're also you know totally massive addicts <laughs> yeah steroid or whatever it may be there's just so many things that if you do it enough you can be fully functioning on it exactly you know? So it's why, like, I think when he's getting fired and he's listing off all of these things, yeah. it's not really phasing him because he feels like he's had he has it under control. Yeah. And that's kind of the denial aspect that he's in. It's which which what is what makes the movie kind of sad. Like, it is such an unusual movie. I, I'm really struggling to kind of uh, wrap my head around what to think of it. Because... It's really, really on. on it's, it's like on the surface, it's quite different and and pleasant, I suppose, at times and wholesome. But you actually think it's a really sad situation, a yeah. really horrible addiction that is of something people tend to feel quite casual about and in many reasons you know like i said kind of rightly so but then there are certain instances where drunkenness can cause you know a hell of a lot of harm to yourself and others you know and it, it's not just but like I said, it's the same with anything. It's not just having a laugh or getting a little bit funny on Christmas Day or, <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> it's weird. It's 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 made me think about things a little bit. Not that I'm in a you know alcohol. <laughs> no, I, like I don't think said. I've I like actually had any alcohol made. since Christmas. So <laughs> But like I like the point that you made that like most people view alcohol as something kind of generally everyone can have, everyone can consume. Um it's not seen as an extreme substance um unless it's recognized that you're abusing it. Whereas something yeah. like with heroin or cocaine or something that is immediately seen as like an extreme. Whereas alcohol is not really seen as an extreme until it's being abused. So I mean, I think that's why I think it's easier for alcoholics to kind of brush things off and not really yeah. have the realism of how serious their problems are when they do have a drinking problem because they can write it off as, oh, you know, it just happened that one time, casual situation. Like, so to kind of see the extremes of that when he kind of is going through withdrawals and, you know, he's kind of brushing it off like it's not really a big deal. And, you know, it's so easy for him to kind of just relapse into it again. And he, doesn't really feel any guilt about that you know i liked that point made of yeah it's, it's, it's easier i think because it's not outright seen as an extreme so i think it's easier for him to kind of just brush it off and fall back into it so easily ultimately it also makes me commend people who you know overcome such addictions because you know e even more and you already did again because of this uh, point of casualness we're bringing up. Is that it's not something you do tend to think about. So it, it just it also made me further realize that it's important to commend people who are, you know, years sober for a reason. You know, yeah. it's it's a really tough thing. Clearly, it's a really tough thing, and, and it's 
incredible for, you know, to to will yourself to uh, overcome such yeah. things. Why this movie has had such a profound effect on my thinking, I, I don't know whoever thought this was possible with a movie starring Will Ferrell, but it has, Janine, and we're... we're we're getting into dangerous territory of respect here. <laughs> we don't... That we, we shouldn't... My stubbornness is just not letting me get there. It's not allowing me to. But I, I don't know. It's... Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a weird one. It really is. I mean, I like this movie. I don't think it's a particularly... Easy. I mean, it's an easy movie to watch, but like I said, this is why it's so strange to me. And I know I'm having a very train of thought episode, Janine. I know that, and I apologize. No, go for it. No, go for it. <clears throat> because it's really easy to watch. Because barely anything happens. It's 90 minutes. You are sat basically in the same front yard for 90 minutes. Yeah, and you're trying to figure things out just like he's trying to figure things out. Um, and then, like, you have the the ancillary characters kind of helping him on that journey. Like, you know, he just has this urge looking through old yearbooks to contact Laura Dern, who was somebody he knew in high school. And, you know, she could have been completely weirded out about the fact that he just found her, you know, called her house and found right. her address. And, I mean, you know, I wouldn't like but she's actually, But she's actually really kind of, you know welcoming and and he's asking her questions about like how do you do it like you're all alone and you have to take care of these kids like how do you do and she's like i don't really have a choice so i have to get up and do that i have to do that for them um and she kind of gives him some insight on you know things that you don't even think you're capable of of getting through you know you if you don't have a choice you have to figure it out and so that gives him some really strong insight and I love that she tells him like this really sweet story of something he did to help her. And the fact that yeah. he just didn't even remember it um, just kind of speaks to, you know, what he deals through as an addict. And like, you know, she could see that he was always kind of a good person and that there was something deeper there. But like he was kind of too into his own head and, and into his addiction and all of these things like, you know, he really couldn't see himself that way so i like that he has that visit with her that she not only gives him an insight to who he really is as a person but kind of some insight on how to just deal with difficult situations like if you don't have a choice you have to just figure it out and you know something good will come from it so i like that you know we get a short little nugget of time with her but that nugget of time is actually a huge insight for him yeah, it's quite profound as well, really. You know, you can think about things, you know, that, that you may have done for people in the past that seem tiny, seem virtually yeah. meaningless, innocuous, exactly. That could be the most important thing that's ever happened to that other person. And you're just never going to know. Yeah. So you know, I mean, for God's sake, you could philosophize for hours about that kind of stuff. Like, oh dear, I once held the door open for somebody. Did it prevent them from, you know, going into a downward spiral that could have led to something horrendous? I mean, for God's sake, you'll mess up your own mind if you start thinking about that kind of stuff too <laughs> yeah. intensely. But you never know. You never know. You could, you know, a totally saying good morning to somebody could make that one person give that one person a shred more happiness, a shred more positivity that just helps them get through that day. Yeah. From you just saying, morning, dude. That's all you need. Be nice to people, people. That's the that's the message of this movie. Be nice to people, because you never know. Might be the most important thing you ever do in yeah. that other person's eyes, at least. Anyway, and what a nice, pleasant thought that is. But going back onto this situation, Janine, about 
looking up people from school. What do you feel about this? If some randomer you used to know in high school, all of a sudden one day, tomorrow, for example, knocked on your door now and said, yeah. hello, it's Bernard from high school. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely not called Bernard. No, but... we do not have. We have Bernards, but we don't have Bernards. <laughs> we don't have Bernard. Hello, have I'm Bernard. Bernard. <laughs> I used to go to school with you. Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> if Bernard um, knocked on your door tomorrow, Janine, and, you know, said, I haven't seen you in, in however long, should we have a coffee? Would you be, yeah, be... A, really weirded out, B, invite the guy inside for a cup of coffee, or C, call the police? Um, A and C are pretty strong options, but A would probably be the first thing to come to mind. Um, I wouldn't yeah, like I, that at all. Because it's like, at this point, if people in high school really wanted to have access to you, it's easy through social media. So why yeah. would you go through the extra step of like finding out where I live and then coming to my house unannounced? <laughs> that is just like extra mildly creepy instead of just you know if, if you want to get together and have a coffee shoot me a message on facebook but don't go seek out my address and then come to my house unannounced yeah, do not come so. to my house but... where my children live <laughs> yes but i'm not laura dern so i mean no. if it's good enough for laura dern then maybe i should reconsider because she's a g so <laughs> i mean perhaps it's also just because Will Ferrell did that one very nice, nice thing, thing for, for her, her in school. Yeah, and that was kind of a, a a moment for her that she holds on to. You know, I think there'd be there'd be people I used to go to school with who I would be pleasantly surprised if they just popped around one day, but there would also be people I would definitely not let in the house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's also a, a good few people who I do actually keep or have actually kept. You know friends with i suppose so you know th those people don't count because they are actually welcome <laughs> yeah. at any point but you know people like you just massively or like half forget about until someone mentions their name like i find i find i have loads of this kind of situation with school now and because I know, and you're going to make some sort of horrendous joke at me, aren't you? Yes, here we go. Let's just insult Morgan <laughs> no, for no, being a little fine. bit young. It's but fine. next year, next year will be ten years since I've left high school. Right? Twenty twenty three will be ten years since I've left high school. Now I <laughs> yeah, I'm I, going I, there. I don't remember I you know, I don't remember everybody. From my school year, I but I I will remember certain people when somebody else brings them up in conversation, and I'll just go, "Oh God, oh, yes, yeah. that person." Oh yeah, Bernard. <laughs> Bernard definitely wasn't anybody called Bernard. <laughs> Bernard Bernard's a dog's name, a Saint Bernard. That's a dog. Good old Bernard. <laughs> good, good old, old Bernard. Good old Bernard. <laughs> Bernie, we used to call him. Oh my gosh. He was really 65. Shouldn't have been at the school. He was held back at many, many years. Couldn't couldn't get through year 10, don't know why. Anyway. I don't know. Bernard. I've just got Bernard on the brain. Get out get out my brain, Bernard. But yeah, I feel like one of these people might turn up. You know, and I'd be like, yeah. "Oh, oh yes, it's you." Hello. Yeah, but it would take How you. Are you? I'm trying to remember who they were. Oh, that's right, Bernard. Of course, I remember you. Would you like to come in for a cup of tea? And that's that's how the conversation would go. But for like a good fifteen minutes of that cup of tea, you'd be sat there going, "Why are you here? <laughs> what?" What are you doing? Why are you in my house? Yeah. Why are you Lord being weird? And welcoming and 
friendly and, and giving great advice and great conversation. So perhaps we're knows? just perhaps we're just more uh, secluded. <laughs> Laura yes. Dern. Perhaps we're Laura Dern is just a much more open person. Yes. Yes, a perhaps. sociable person. I don't know. That's yes. a weird thing to think about, though, isn't it? And you can shut up as well, Janine, because 10 years feels like a long ass time for me. Okay, well, this year for me is 20 years since high school, so uh, you can't tell me nothing. <laughs> age, Janine, age. <laughs> it's funny, really, because I obviously am mentally about 35 years older than you anyway. Yes, so, but that gives me solace. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all about where you are mentally, and by I am an old man, and you are yeah. about three. So <laughs> maybe okay. not three, maybe twelve. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking your kind of humor. You like Will Ferrell, so you can't be more, you know, comedically <laughs> mature than twelve, can you? Fair point. Fair point. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Anyway, more more conversation about everything must go. And his well, relationship we have... Yes, his relationship with his little his his little bicycle friend. But he also has Michael Peña who is Oh Michael not... Peña, I forgot about Michael Peña. Yes. Yeah. With a mustache. Yes, and a wig. And a wig. He, he yeah. looked really he weird. He wears weird wigs and stuff. Like why? <laughs> um I don't know. But um, yeah, like he is kind of this weird, like negative that kind of is is masked as a positive entity in his life. Yes, you know? I think he's his kind of like his sponsor. His, his sponsor, his addiction sponsor, and a police officer or a detective. Yeah, detective, yeah. Who actually it turns out, yeah, has been the has been the reason behind his broken marriage. Oh dear, yes, like he admits he was the one who convinced the wife to leave him, and she and like where's the wife now? At his at, place at Michael at Peña's. Michael we know exactly what's going on there. And then he still wants to throw the line out there. We still care about you. We want to see you do well. Like we, as though you... it's as though it's as though it's them too, and it's always been them too. We still care yes. about you, you poor child. Like yes, don't, don't. This is me saying this. Don't patronize Will Ferrell like that, Michael Pena. That's just after evil. everything. After everything. So yeah, I like that. Even that point in the movie that happens. I like that that doesn't happen earlier on. It happens yes. when he's kind of you know, getting over the hard things. He's had a really rough moment with Rebecca Hall's character, the pregnant woman across the street yeah. where, you know, he's gotten kind of drunk and he's like analyzing her and, um, you know, he's going through his withdrawal. And so, you know, he kind of analyzes her and, you know, minimizes her life and her life choices and things and really offends her. Um, and so this is kind of him rebounding from these kind of negative situations he's had from like the small little support system that he's had. Um, but he's also trying to like, he's finding his way back slowly. And then this bomb is kind of dropped on him. So I like that, like all the bad things don't happen all up front that, you know, when he's kind of getting a few steps forward, then another thing kind of happens to kind of keep things moving in his journey. Because like, yeah, I, I, I don't think I would have liked it as much if, all the bad things happen right at the beginning. They all kind of get neatly resolved at the end and there's nothing really in the middle. So I like that he has kind of these moments in the middle as well that are difficult in the middle yeah. of him when you think he's about to kind of rebound from all of the negativity. So when this kind of bomb is dropped on him that somebody he's seen as a friend and sponsor is now like, you know, housing his wife who's left him and he's the one who convinced her to leave him and all of these things. And he's kind of this big manipulative force you know, when he thought he was a friend, um, you know, and the fact that it doesn't really drive him to kind of get completely, you know, negative again. He still kind of, for the most part, sticks on his path to trying to to be better. So, yeah, it's, it, it makes it feel 
like like I suppose a more realistic kind of story because in the real world, Janine, all bad things don't happen at once and all good things don't happen at once after that. It's a weird yeah. roller coaster of up, down, and side down to side. To, yeah. It's like it's like Willy Wonka's elevator, Janine. It goes yes. up, upwards, downwards, sideways, slantwards, and any which way you can think of. Yes. <laughs> and we don't know where it's going. So I, I, I did appreciate the, the structure of it. I think it's structurally a very good movie actually yeah it really works really well but the, 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 there is that one more i suppose there's there is those two more relationships really but i suppose the main purpose of his relationship with rebecca hall is that is to have that big fight that they have really yeah because like i think that moment is him at his rock bottom kind of realizing where he's at in his life and being fully aware of what's he's finally aware of what's going on with him like yeah. he was kind of in denial at the beginning but now he's fully like you know i messed up you know i'm in this state because of you know potentially things i did and you know and so then then he when he tells her that he kind of had her pegged as soon as he saw her and throws things in her face that she's really kind of in denial of even though she's upset when she kind of has that beat to think about it, she realizes he's right about, you know, her husband allowing her to move across the country for his job by herself. And now he's away and not helping her unpack, not helping her familiarize herself. She gave up her art to be his wife, his pregnant wife, and she's moving in this house all alone and he's off doing whatever. And like, what kind of man does that? And what kind of woman stays with a man like that and so the fact that he kind of put this thought process in her head yeah she's of course offended when he first says this but when she has that minute to think about it she actually says she calls him and tells him you know she wants to leave him because why would he you know treat her that way so he and, kind of puts a and he's called jack and no offense but it's the most boring <laughs> name on the face of the earth and i'm sorry if you're called jack <laughs> but your parents are deeply uncreative. Yes, and she doesn't seem very excited that he also wants to name their child Jack. It's boring, well, so. Jack. Yeah. Stop naming your child Jack, Jack. Yeah. I know good <laughs> people called Jack. This is not a slight on people called Jack. It's a slight on the parents of people called uh, Jack. You didn't choose your name. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, so I think he gives her the realization of things that are happening in her life that she needs to not be in denial about. And then with the kid character, I think he gives him that confidence boost that he needed. So like he's helping him with the yard sale. He's, you know, helping him make signs and label things. And he's rewarding him with, you know, words of like, you know, encouragement. And yeah. he's not really getting that because he has no, you know, his mom's not around. Um, you know, he's kind of alone all the time. So when he has somebody kind of giving him that validation, and telling him, oh, you know, you're you're natural at sales, kid. Like you're doing a good job. And you know, he feels like he has worth. He feels like he has purpose because when he goes home, he's alone. When he goes to school, he's a tease. So here with Will Ferrell, you know, he's giving him encouragement. He's making him feel like he's good at something. So he's kind of imparting, even though he's kind of at the worst moment of his life, things that he has to kind of come to terms with helps him realize like what Laura Dern had said that he's ultimately a good person and so he kind of can project those good positive things onto the people that have been kind of positive in his kind of little sphere in his roughest moment yeah he's terrible at baseball though can't yeah. can't throw he can't <laughs> catch he shouldn't be a baseball player but he should be a sales person yes. <laughs> he should definitely be a sales person I forget his name is it like Kenny or something like that. Uh, he should he should be a salesperson. It reminded me actually a, a lot of the relationship Nick. of Nick. Hagen no, no, something. the the child. Oh, oh the child. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny. Um, it reminded me a lot of the relationship between Jason Bateman and the kid in Bad Words. Yeah, actually, who you know as as horrible an individual as jason Payton was he was still imparting some degree of wisdom and good-naturedness onto 
um, onto the child there, who I've also forgot the name of. Children's names just just fly <laughs> past my head, apart from yeah. Kenny, who I did remember, obviously, clearly. Yes, um, but yeah, and like a true Earned friendship child. kind of forms there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> People should name the children Bernard. Stop naming your child Jack. Bernard. And go for Bernard. Okay. Go for Bernard. Right. Bernard. Bernard. Albert. <laughs> oh my god. And uh, what's another stupid name? <laughs> They're not stupid names. I don't mind. Why am You're I? Why? A... Why? Why? Why am I? You're why am I the way so I am? So many people. <laughs> why am I the way I am? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it is a strange right. movie, but it's a it's an enjoyable one, and I, uh, I mean, pleasantly surprised again. I would okay. say by okay. this movie, to the extent that the level of respect for Will Ferrell as an actor, yes, has gone up now. Thank you, Janine. All right. So we, uh, we're getting you in a good, nice place before Step Brothers. Oh, yes. Let's ruin it all again next week. I'm really excited to actually bring it all back down and make my... This is how ridiculous my mentality is. Yes, validate my horrible mentality on this guy being a the world's most annoying actor by making me watch a movie that I am terrified to watch. To be honest, I would happily watch. What scares me, Janine? You know. What arbitrary thing is terrifying to me in, in terms of I movies? Mean, I mean, complete nonsense and also just watching someone think like that people force you to watch that they yes, just have been yes. vehemently against um yeah uh, but i mean like actually like like say a horror movie what would what would be have to be in a horror movie for me to be genuinely afraid you know the answer to this but i can i can tell you if if you don't the, because the answer is random acts of violence yeah that's what terrifies me random meaningless acts of violence by total strangers which is why i hate the movie the strangers strangers yeah because it's just got no point to it and i just don't get it why and are it, you it, doing it's this that could actually because happen and i hate it yeah oh, it's the, uh, it, why anybody would watch that movie and actually enjoy it i don't know but that's what scares me I would rather watch The Strangers than watch Step Brothers Janine. And that's what I'm watching next week. So well, everyone else is really good at it. Mary Steenburgen's good. I don't care if Mary Steenburgen's Richard good. Richard Jenkins is good. I don't care if Richard Jenkins is you good. You can you can you can vibe oh, off Richard Jenkins and his I frustration can. because he loses his mind with frustration. I am Richard Jenkins. I like jumpers and armchairs and have a beard. I am Richard I've even got glasses now. I am Richard he Jenkins. He doesn't have a beard. Richard Jenkins sometimes has a beard. Well, he does not have a beard in this movie. Well, it's too old then, the movie. It's from, when is it from? 2003 or something like that. Stupid stepbrothers. Anyway, you, even like the year it came out, it's definitely two thousand and three. I know it's two thousand and three for a fact. Uh, I'm good with it. Correct. I'm good with it, Janine. Anyway, okay. Ooh, I'm excited. Do you have anything else you wanted to say about everything must go? Two thousand and eight. But um... never two thousand and eight. What's two thousand and three? Then old school must be two thousand and three. Yeah, that was earlier. Um, no, just really? enjoy this movie. Okay. <laughs> just Fair really enjoyed enough. the simplicity of this movie. Um, really, again, was a surprise to see this kind of side of Will Ferrell. I've seen it a little bit in other things, so it was nice that he, you know, can go beyond um, the craziness, and that is just kind of an acting choice for him and what kind of has made him famous. 
Um, so that I think that speaks to his skill set that he can like do these extreme crazy things, um, and then kind of go into a very subdued kind of straight situation like this and deal with some really kind of interesting and and darker tones. So yeah, yeah, overall enjoyed this movie. Enjoyed the side characters that kind of enriched the lead story, kind of his journey and really kind of you know getting an insight into rock bottom and how the hell are you going to figure life out. Um, situation in just like a small contained little story so yeah i enjoyed it what it has done is made me realize that i actually don't dislike will ferrell i dislike the man will ferrell chooses to be <laughs> okay and by that i mean why does he have to perfect the most annoying comedic shtick in the world when he's far more capable of doing far better things than that. Basically. Yeah. So there you go. Everything must go, including my respect, newly gained for Will Ferrell next week when we talk about Step Brothers. That must go as well, because it will go. We're sure about that. Janine, this has been... Another episode of Morgan Hasn't Seen is the Will Ferrell series. Obviously, we've been talking everything must go. But it is not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed, is it? No, of course, we have Machine Mondays every Monday where I'm talking all things Schmodown. I'm having a tough go of things, but things are kind of bouncing back for the machine. So bounce back. Interesting lots of interesting fun things to discuss this season on the Schmodown. so check it out every monday with me janine the machine and of course every friday we have the main show it's a yes. wonderful podcast where we give love to those classic films we certainly do last week me and janine were on the show talking gaslight yes but also yes. not yes because it's really <laughs> horrible <laughs> And Not manipulative. The movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's just so really terrible to see somebody go nasty. through that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great movie. Nolan is back on the main show this week, joining me. That is how it works. There, yourself, Janine, and Nolan alternate every Friday on mm -hmm. the main show. I am always there. It's where we celebrate classic movies, old movies. We love them. We showcase them. We discover new old movies. That is what the main show is all about. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have you covered here on the It's a Wonderful Podcast feed. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Amazon Music, and all the other places as well. We have the It's a Wonderful Podcast YouTube channel that you can subscribe to and ding your notification bells on for all the live streams, the live chats, the watch-alongs, and the other videos that we have on there and have coming to there as well, including uh, last weekend was our full spoiler discussion of the Batman. You know, the, the, the Pattinson Batman. Yes. Pattinson... <laughs> Also, I refer to it as, Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm Jim Gordon. I talk like Jeffrey Wright now and have the most over-theatrical voice in the world. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright as Jim no, Gordon. That wasn't bad. Not bad. Thank you, Jenny. Um... I don't know what else I was saying. The Patreon we've already spoken about before, but you can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at The Purple Dawn with a three instead of the E in there because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at just The Purple Dawn. All your wonderful stuff is where? You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows, you can find that at my tea Public shop at g9design.tpublic.com. If you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Well, there we go. That's going to do it. Oh, my God. Why has next week finally arrived? Why? 
Why, Janine? Just, Do you just, realize? Just take it in. Just take it in. Do you realize how? Got some Catherine Hahn in there. I don't got care. Some Adam Scott Catherine. in there. I don't. I don't care about all these people. I actually quite like. <laughs> I... Oh dear. I'm just in pain. I'm going to be in perpetual pain. It's the most torturous episode of Morgan hasn't seen there's ever been. Just have an open mind. Think back on this movie and just have an open mind. It'll be a struggle, Janine. I'm not going to lie to you. It really <laughs> and will. And it'll come to a nice conclusion. I think you'll really like our last movie in the series. I don't think so. I'm going to want to watch the last movie. No, you'll like it. You really like it. Emma Thompson, Queen Latifah. That's a weird Justin double Hoffman. Act. <laughs> That's a weird Maggie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Add Will Ferrell. Um, yes. Yes. There you go. Janine, uh, I don't even know what to even suggest. <laughs> I, I really don't know what to suggest this way. I mean, do whatever the hell you want. I mean, what is an Arizona accent? That's where this yeah, movie's set. I don't think there is an Arizona accent. So, well, uh, what a boring state. Let's just keep it as simple it as this movie. <laughs> Three, two, one. Bye. Bye.